diving deeper into the team of green finance is a fireside chat with Lloyd Wahed of Mana Search. Lloyd is a London-born tech entrepreneur who has founded three global executive search firms, and he is joined by Joe Parkin from BlackRock and Romina Savova from Pension B. Firstly, congratulations, Romina, on your recent IPO. Thank you. And uh, all the branding around absolutely everywhere in the UK. <laughs> we're trying, we're trying. <laughs> Exciting times. Um, I'm the host of Searching for Mana, uh, a podcast um, where we are talking to leaders and entrepreneurs in the fintech space. And both Joe and Romina have been on the show. So if you want to um, listen to a fuller bio and um, discussion through the purpose of both their careers, please do um, listen to the show. Um, of all the guests we've had, it's great to have you two uh, on this discussion. You both came across um, when we did the podcast, um, full of purpose for um, green finance. So good to have a debate. Um, to, to open up, um, it'd be interesting, Joe, if you could talk through what you're seeing at BlackRock from a demand perspective from your clients. Yeah, sure. So I think um, at this point in time, uh, and for a while now, and I think for a while going forward, the number one kind of topic of conversation, issues our clients are facing, um, is effectively how do they move um, their businesses, their portfolios, um, and how they talk to their clients into a more sustainable space. Uh, I think from a BlackRock perspective, um, you know, and, and kind of 18 months ago or so, uh, what we came out and says was that climate risk was investment risk. Um, and therefore, um, you know, we should start to think about it like we do with other risks within a portfolio, uh, such as balance sheet risk or regulatory risk. Um, and so what we're going to see over time, I think, is um, like capital move into that space. Um, and because capital is moving into that space, firms are going to have to act quicker and quicker in order to meet um, the demands that uh, our clients are putting on us and then we're putting on the companies that uh, we're deploying money into. Thanks, Joe. Um, and so that's a, a vantage from one of the biggest investment managers in the world. And Ramina, of course, um, you know, recently a startup fintech and now a, a listed business. Um, be interested to get your vantage on how you see collaboration between uh, incumbents, government, and of course the fintech space benefiting green finance. Well, I think there's an imperative on all businesses to put their front foot forward when it comes to environmental, but also socially responsible investing. So we at Pension B, we think that investing is simply sustainable investing because over time it has been shown that sustainable investing strategies tend to generate longer and better returns for customers. And of course, we're in the pensions business, so that is incredibly important to us. And while doing that, what you really learn from your customers should be at the heart of driving what you do as a business going forward. So in our particular instance, we were hearing a lot from our customers that they wanted to completely exclude fossil fuel producers from their pensions. And that led us to launch the first mainstream fossil fuel free fund, which has been a huge success for us and has really met that demand from our customers. And of course, in taking that step and putting our foot forward, we have had a lot of inbound from government, from various departments, trying to understand how it is that we can create this ecosystem 
around what consumers really, really want from their pensions and, and from their finances. So I think there's a natural evolution that's going to be taking place. It's certainly backed by the numbers. I think around $123 billion year to date to April flowed into ESG strategies. So clearly the change is happening and, and the onus really is on everyone to push it forward. Thank you. Yeah, if you look at the difference between um, reports from 2019 to 2020, um, it is disparate in terms of how much effort is going towards um, ESG investment strategies. Um, open question to either of you. What do you see the biggest challenge for us to keep on making good progress to be? I think from our perspective, it's about understanding the different shapes and forms that these types of investments come in. And so there are a whole range and myriad of strategies that you could employ. I've described one approach, which is to exclude fossil fuel producers. There is another approach around engaging with fossil fuel producers and encouraging them to change. And I would say that that is probably the more popular way to go about doing things in, you know, today. Doesn't resonate with everyone. Not everyone wants that, but it's certainly quite popular. Another emerging stream is around impact investing and actually putting your money into companies that are actively doing things to you know, make the world better rather than just excluding companies who are doing things that you don't like. So there's a whole range of these types of strategies and we are still learning about what it is that consumers prefer and how to communicate that because you want to be managing people's expectations. There's no silver bullet magical way for us to solve this problem with a single product. There's a whole range of options available that people need to be exploring. Thank you. I think the, um, the purpose um, seems to be out there and being received incredibly well. But then you've got a technical situation, which is where fintech comes in. And of course, Joe, with digital channels, focus at BlackRock, you're, you're, you're abreast of, which is how do you get access and inclusion to, to all of the retail consumers? Yeah, so just to just to carry on, and I will answer yours because I think it links in. So, to me, the number one problem is data, which I think will please kind of a lot of the fintechs out there. But 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 the companies that we deal with, which are managing money, um, you know, similar to Romy's, are managing money for you know people's company. Uh, so, sorry, um, in a sustainable way, they simply just don't have the data to understand where they are today and then to plot how they're going to get to where they need to get to. So I think the whole industry has a huge kind of uh, way to come in, in, you know, kind of in terms of data. The other big challenge, which is a massive challenge and an opportunity, is how we take the stuff that goes on uh, within uh, investment committees and um, you know, within rating agencies and all the data, and we connect it to the end consumer. Because if we can do that, um, then I think we can take that kind of that grassroots bottom-up demand that exists where people are not, you know, taking Tupperware to, um, you know, uh, to supermarkets, um, you know, they're really thinking about their own carbon footprint. And actually the best way for them to affect change is by making sure their pension or their investments, so the, the, the capital that they kind of have for the long term is being deployed to companies that care. Um, or are doing something better, um, you know, for the world. So if we can connect that, it's an enormous challenge because we have to stay away from kind of ESG ratings and some of the words we use and condense it down into a message that's very good for the consumer that understands. But if we can get people saying, I want my pension or I have a necessity for my pension to be, be um, being delivered into something that is sustainable, then we're going a huge way there. And this is um, FinTech Week London. So how do we... 
um, consider the UK to be competing on a global, global stage at putting the front foot first for green finance? I would say that we're doing all right. Uh, I'd say there's still quite a ways to go, but I think the level of demand certainly that we're experiencing is hugely promising. I think the government has made some decent commitments in the space. Um, we're certainly starting to see more around the commitment to funding to getting us to where we need to be from a green perspective. However, I think we at Pension B particularly want to see a lot more action on the social front. We think that green finance and actually the social issues that matter to people, whether that's diversity or whether that's living wage, need to be incorporated way more into our investment ecosphere. And so from that perspective, we would want to see more action being taken and more communication around the priorities uh, that matter to government when it comes to those particular issues helping us put our second foot forward as well. Romina, when you think of um, the other side of the coin, which is your company and the individuals within it, do you take an active approach to um, hiring talent that's outside of conventional finance to bring in different way of thinking and innovation? We do. We've taken a very active approach to developing our talent internally. Um, almost all of our internal promotions will be from our internal pool of talent and we commit to growing that talent through the company and at the most junior levels we hire people who have some pension experience or pe people who don't have pension experience which we then train in-house but it enables us to open up the pool of potential eligible people who want to work at our company substantially more and then we've of course compounded that by enabling everybody to work remotely. So I would say that our access to talent and the way that we've approached our strategy to bringing people into the company has really enabled us to be one of the most, if not the most diverse fintech uh, within, within the ecosphere. And um, you're, you're obviously of a scale where, where the, um, you can be agile with those decisions at BlackRock. Joe, on, on that particular point, what are you saying? I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm seeing something where, you know, you talk about, are we doing enough in the UK? Are we doing enough? Like, like we're doing a huge amount, but there's always more that can be done, especially around this issue. Um, and I think that while we are kind of um, a little bit of a way along the journey, there's a huge amount to go. So, you know, if you even think about the last 18 months and how we've changed our views um, around the social piece, um, you know, last year, some of the events in America, um, you know, have led for dramatic changes in the industry around DNI. Um, but I still think there's a huge amount to go, right? And um, you know, so we need to keep on pushing. And and I, and I also think that this issue um, is probably one of the largest issues we'll grapple with, um, you know, kind of within our professional lives. And as well, like you know, and it's very rare that you can say this within finance. It's also kind of making the world a better place. Yeah, it's, it is really genuinely exciting. If you look back to I mean, both you guys started at Goldman Sachs. Um, same year, year apart. I'm not sure. Yeah. We don't want to reveal our yeah. ages just because <laughs> yeah, not calling out your ages, but, uh, but, but, but some time ago, circa a decade. Uh, anyway, I, I, I assume that not much was, was talked of toward green finance. It's, it's been a snowball effect of people realizing, okay, this is great. And then when I certainly look at the talent who's coming into fintech over the last five years, it was like, okay, let's make things more efficient. This is really cool. And I think the last couple of years, accelerated by COVID, 
uh, people have been coming in for purpose, like you're saying, okay, we can actually do something that's really brilliant. Um, so now let's look forward. What one, one issue is how do we turn fintechs into really profitable businesses, which is important. So if you look at, for instance, uh, an acquisition by JP Morgan of um, Nutmeg recently, um, the fundamentals weren't as good as they could have been from a revenue profitable perspective. But there was a really purposeful business that gave a retail consumer a user case that hadn't previously been affordable. On that point, Joe, what do you think we can do and what do we want to see in the fintech space um, so that business can bring purpose but also be uh, very profitable? I mean, so, so for me, I think there's two areas which um, I love to focus on. One is data, which I've, which I've spoken about, right? And I think that fintech can bring a huge amount in the data space around um, kind of sustainable investing, ESG um, stuff. The other one is actually, we've kind of touched on it already, but actually, can we um, make this a personal journey? So I think we're very good at the moment of kind of talking about sustainability on a corporate level or with the investment space. I'm not sure, and we're, we're getting better at talking about it, okay, what's my own personal carbon footprint? But if we can link those two together, which is what I think the fintechs can do, um, you know, so imagine your bank account being connected to your pension, being connected to like actually where you're traveling around London, so your, your, your phone, um, and you start to get a kind of complete picture of your carbon footprint on a day-to-day -day basis and how you can affect it, then I think that's a really interesting area that we can go into. And I think we're not that far away from actually connecting all those pieces together. Thank you. And Ramina, if you think of um, your, um, your, your customers and what they're calling out for from a demand perspective, of course, you've addressed um, it with a recent product, um, Carbon Footprint. Is, it, is there something that you, you're kind of dreaming of in a few years that you can get to as well that you can see that they'd like you guys to provide? We tend to be very driven by what our customers want now. So we focus a lot on the, the current feedback that we're getting. The way we manage feedback is that every time a piece of feedback is delivered to us, it is streamed through the whole company. And so we tend to keep our product development roadmap quite short. And that enables us to pick up what's relevant at the time. I think one of the things you see very large companies doing is they pick up pieces of feedback in one year and prioritize them and then it hits a development roadmap sort of two to three years later. And of course, you know, by that point, the feature that you're building is probably irrelevant or, or has been overtaken by somebody else. So we try to focus on much more incremental innovation and always furthering the features that we currently have to make them more, I guess, appealing to a wider and wider audience. So when we look two to three years ahead, we're thinking less about the individual features that we're going to have on the product and more around what the business as a whole will look like. So partially coming back to your question on profitability, you know, we've communicated a very explicit target for ourselves publicly that you know, we will be profitable at the end of 2023. And so from our standpoint, we're driving a lot towards that and our features are there to enable us to keep growing um, and to keep our customers satisfied so we can keep them you know, with us for years and years and years as we have so far. What do you have to change to, to get to profitability? There isn't much to change, to be honest. It's about doing the same thing over and over again for us and enhancing the way that we do it. So it is actually about delivering more efficiency. It is about sustaining the rate of growth that we've sustained so far. Uh, and it is very much around ensuring that our customers are happy with us so we can maintain our industry leading retention rate. And, and, and really the driving a whole organization forward towards 
optimizing and continuously improving on you know what is a huge market opportunity pensions is one trillion pounds just in defined contribution uh, is is the challenge for us I think you start to get um, the consumer if, if you visualize what Joe was talking about where you can actually see the ecosystem of your common footprint and how different things affect it potentially thinking well, I'll, I'll pay for this you know what, what I what I like the thought of is um, at the end having um, you know been prudent with my pension and I, I of course want it to be um, you know, reasonable or, or considerate. But actually, it's not so much who's got the best investment strategy. It's more that I feel good about, you know, wh where it's come from. And so could you even charge the customer a premium for that? I think consumers expect their pensions to be doing at least the very basic things. So our policy is that unless there is a very explicit financial objective that prevents us from applying baseline screens to our products we will apply baseline screens because a lot of people haven't actually gone and opened a spreadsheet to check what the 7,000 different investments within their portfolio is they are expecting certain things of their companies so oftentimes they'll be you know expecting you not to invest in controversial weapons for example um, and and so I think you need to meet those expectations through you know, just doing business in a routine way. There are, of course, going to be customized products that are not necessarily serving the needs of everybody, where it does require more specialized development. It potentially requires a more expensive investment management style on the asset manager side. And I do think that those products will come at a premium. I think within our shopping lives in general, we're used to seeing these kinds of decisions being made when we go grocery shopping or, or when we go shopping for other products. So I think that is that is normal, but certainly within your business as usual activities, I think companies are expected to have appropriate approaches for what their customers expect. Thank you. And um, we don't have too long left, but Joe, um, final question to you. What would you um, recommend to somebody who might be looking at um, investing sensibly, but with a green finance uh, perspective? Well, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to recommend anything, but um, um, I, so I, listen, I, I think it's about um, making sure that um, kind of like what you're putting into your sort of um, your pension or your investment portfolio actually matches your beliefs in life um, and how you carry about your day-to-day -day life. Um, and I think like, you know, a lot of people out there are caring about this stuff um, and therefore like, you know, either push the pension provider you're with or make sure that you are, um, you know, going online and looking for like sustainable, diversified, low cost multi-asset funds, um, you know, that you can invest in over the next 20 years that are pushing capital towards companies that are doing the right things and moving the conversation forward um, and not allocating to certain companies. But I think, you know, that's the minimum requirement you should go out there and think about. Thank you. Yeah. So, so what, what I think we take from this is um, data is crucial. So we want to see as many fintech businesses working on that um, solution. That data is going to allow us to be aware more often than not, whether we're the company or whether we're the person, of uh, how we can affect green finance and its outcome. Um, the, the government, universities, fintechs, incumbents collaborating with each other and just an awareness of it and keep on working on it. There's no silver bullet, but over a course of time, just keep on making 
uh, all the improvements. So um, we, we, there's, there's not long left, but Romina, if you've got a final comment on this as well. I would say definitely pay attention to your pension. It's hugely impactful and you can make a very, very big difference by choosing wisely. Thank you. Um, so thank you, Joe. Thank you, Romina. Uh, excellent conversation. And as mentioned, if you want to hear more from both of these guys, uh, then listen to the Searching for Mana podcast in collaboration with the FinTech Times. Cheers, guys. Thank you.